0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are here uh, for another episode of the Authority Project. We have uh, Donnie Bovine, the success champion. Here, he's going to show us how to finally figure out sales without being a jackass. Is that correct? Oh, you said
1: it. I said, said it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that later. But can you do it for us, sir? Can you do it? You know, I don't know. I've, I've been doing it for 20 years. You know, I might finally figure this whole sales thing out. It's, <laughs> we'll find out soon if we can actually pull off, uh, you know, uh, what sales is and how to make it work at some point. But <laughs> for now, I'm just going to hang out with you and see what turns up. Awesome. awesome.
0: <laughs> We're going to start that now in this episode of The. Adoria Project. All right, here we are um, with the Adoria Project. We are here to help you the project. You are the project. We want to put authority to your name so you can sell what you're great at. And we have Donnie here, Bovine, who's going to help us sell today. I have several questions. <laughs> I want, to first, um, um, want you to introduce yourself and tell people a little bit about you personally and then professionally.
1: Yeah. So I'll make it really, really quick so we can get into it and give them some value to your folks. But uh, after the Marine Corps, 20 years, the straight commission sales guy, Um, got tired of making other people wealthy when I turned 40 and launched my own company called Success Champions, promptly ran that straight into the ground because I had no idea how to be a business owner and found podcasting in 2018, launched Success Champions podcast. It became one of the top podcasts in the world, then turned around and built a Facebook group, a magazine, Um, we then did... Uh, I'll try and keep it as clean as possible. As my followers start logging in watching the show, they'll laugh if I try and keep it too clean. But uh, <laughs> we did the Badass Business Summit, um, and then we just launched virtual networking groups that were now in three countries um, and helping small business owners grow and scale their business by finding true strategic referral partners that will help them, you know, open doors for them. So that's in a nutshell, just a mm-hmm. lot of moving parts, all teaching people how to be the champion of their own success.
0: Awesome. So I just want to dig right into this, into the, into the true. title. You say finally figure out sales. What do you actually mean by
1: that? You know, most, very few people when they were in third grade, and their, their third grade teacher, which, by the way, my third grade teacher's name was Miss Smiley, which is just a brilliant name for a third grade teacher, right? Um, so if Miss Smiley stood in front of the room and said, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? Not a single hand shot up and said I wanted to be a sales guy, sales gal, whatever, right? So so I have spent the last 10 years trying to figure out, one, how to make sales easier for myself, and then two teaching others how to not be a greaseball, slimy jackass when they're out actually selling, because, you know, it's so funny when you watch a sales transaction happens, you know, as a sales trainer, I used to go ride along with, with, you know, people that were going through our programs and I would ride in a car and all the way to the the sales call and have this great fun, you know, conversation going and, and, I get to know them, their family, this, that, and the other. Then we get out of the car and walk up to the sales call. And it was like they did this Jekyll and Hyde and they became a completely different person, got stoic and stern and and this, this whole like two-faced, you know, th- lizard something popped out and they transformed. And then they started doing all the things that, uh, you know, people hate about salespeople. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, how do we fix that? So I've just been studying myself, clients, and, and a lot of uh, uh, other methods. And here's what I found: is sales is just a conversation. It's just a conversation with between two people that has an outcome, right? So, so if you put anything else into that conversation, you lose. If you, if you think it's, I got to get the sale done, I lose. If you think, you know, this is a commission, I lose. If you think I've got to, you know, meet a quota, I lose. You know, anything you think other than this is a conversation to start a beautiful ongoing relationship for over a long period of time, then you start winning. But most people, because they're so wrapped up, they don't know how to sell. They, they, everything becomes transaction. Everything comes business. There's no connection. There's no conversation. And they start having to employ all the grease ball closing strategies because they don't know how to just converse and have a conversation.
0: I'm glad you brought that up. Cause I I, I got to hold n- another question because you said that now it's been, it's been weighing on me for a while <laughs> about what I call the online pouncers. <laughs>
1: I like that term.
0: And so, what what happens is, you know, you 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 see these people who give you a friend request, and then immediately you get their their sales pitch as soon as you get them a friend friend request. And I, I I think part of this is being taught online in a certain way. I know it is, and I just I feel like they're not they're so desperate either. They're desperate or they think this is the way to be taught to do this. Can you, can you show people a better way of when you're trying wow. to connect with people and how to do that?
1: Absolutely. And I'm going to add a third option in there. Okay. They may not know any better. Okay. Right. You know, and so I try and lean on empathy as much as possible when somebody sends that friend's request and they're immediately like, hey, let me sell you my widget. You <laughs> know, it, it's annoying. We all, it drives. And, and what's funny is they hate it when that happens to them. They just don't understand that they're doing it to other people. Right. So, so the, the trick is, is it's called a connection for a reason, Mm -hmm. right? You've got to connect with people. Um, And I do reach outs on all the platforms, but my favorite one is LinkedIn, especially for business. Uh So um, one of the things that, sorry about the dog in the background, this is real life, Um, (laughs) you know, but, but, the, one of the things that, that I love to do on LinkedIn is I want people to tell me their story. So if I'm connecting with somebody, one of the things I'm doing is I'm going to look at their background, I'm going to look in their history. I'm going to look at where they've been, where they've spent their time. And I'm going to ask a, a question specifically geared towards that. So uh, maybe I saw they attended a particular university or my favorite is they're a part of a nonprofit. So if they're a part of a nonprofit, I will almost always ask about that. And so the reach out goes, you know, Hey, Brian, I, you know, Appreciate you, you know, looking at this connection request. We don't know each other, but I love opening up my Rolodex, getting to know people. I see you're affiliated with XYZ Nonprofit. Can you tell me a little bit more about the organization and how you got involved? And what you'll find is that is a very gentle opener that gets people talking because you didn't ask about their business. You didn't try and sell them anything. You didn't try anything. You asked a question that's probably of value if they're associated with the nonprofit. And I've gotten some funny responses like, oh man, I haven't been a part of that nonprofit in years. It's just on my <laughs> profile. I forgot to take it off. You know. But either way, it opens up a dialect. It opens up a conversation. So, so ask a question that's not necessarily pertained to business that allows them to come back and talk to you okay. and then and then the transaction will eventually gently move in because somebody's going to ask you what the heck do you do now you tell them gently without a sales move
0: okay because I, I i've seen people who have had some great com- well, great conversations online you know on chat and then they don't know how to then transition to to a sale well, they'll just give you, like, I've heard, like, you know, you get some conversations and here's a link uh, to see if, if you're interested or someone else, you know, would be interested yeah. let me know. I'm just like, do we have a conversation to have a conversation for real or were you just trying to, you know, yeah, I
1: sell me? I mean, literally yesterday <laughs> and, and one of my private Facebook groups, I, I, I sent a message off and I had a gal. I was a little skeptical about meeting with her because she came across a little salesy. And so I told her, I said, look, if you just want to have a conversation, I'm open to that conversation. But if you, if you ju- this is just going to be a sales call, you know, let's, there's no need to set the appointment. And she finally agreed, okay, let's just have a conversation. The day of the meeting, um, she said, hey, um, you'll be meeting with one of my associates. And I went, wait, wait, wait. we just okay. had rapport and now you're pawning me off on an associate. <laughs> you know, no. I'm going to pass on this meeting um, because, you know, it's going to be a sales call. There's no right. rapport. There's no, no trust in that conversation anymore. Okay. You know, um, and then she tried to come back and say a couple things. But, but you know, it, it really comes down to this. If you were at a networking event, if you were, were anywhere, how would you want somebody to sell you? Right? How would you want that transaction to go? And do that. Because the problem is, is because people don't think about how they want to be sold to, they do all the things that they hate about salespeople. It's the funniest thing in the world. It's like if you walk into a furniture store, right? The first thing that happens in a furniture store is somebody pounces you. Right. Yeah, like, what are you in here for? Clipboard in hand and all that. <laughs> and our defense mechanisms go up and we're always yeah. like, no, 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 I'm just looking. And instead, if people would think about how would someone approach me when I walked in that, in that store? And what if somebody walked up at that moment and said, hey... You know, last thing you want is a salesperson following you around. Would you do me a favor before you leave? Would you tell me what we could do better about the layout of the store, or tell me what we could do better about the positioning of things? I'd really appreciate that. Yeah. And then what's amazing is people will come back to you um, and and tell you and give you real advice. And it's the same thing here. When you're in those online conversations, it's offer advice give them things, help them out, you know, walk them through stuff. And when you've provided enough value, go, Hey, I don't know if it makes sense here, but would you like to jump on a zoom call and we can explore this a little further. And it's hundred percent. Okay. To tell me, no, if my products and services are not a good fit for you,
0: awesome.
1: you know, it. and, and it's taking ownership of the conversation and being real with it. I
0: love it. So here's what I want to do now. Just to transition Back way back in your in your beginnings. <laughs> I think a lot of people see you and like this guy is awesome You know, I, I, you know, you, you, like you're just an instant salesman and da 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 Tell people like just in the beginning, you know, it's 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 not something that just comes comes together for for a okay, no. You know, just like tell them your beginning how you started What's that? Yeah,
1: I started off uh, in in heating and air conditioning sales, and I, I didn't even really start in sales, right? So my best friend and his old man uh, ran a HVAC company, and that's the job I took once I got out of the Marine Corps. And I was actually a an installer guy. So I'm here. I was in Texas, climbing up in attics when it's 100 degrees out under houses. I mean, it was miserable and dirty, and I hated every minute of it. And I was actually getting ready to quit. And because I was just done with it, no job lined up. And my boss, Jerry, at the time walked up to me and goes, you're about to quit, aren't you? I'm like, yeah, dude, this sucks. This is just not the life I want to live. And he goes, well, before you quit, why don't you try something for me? I said, what's that? He goes, why don't you try sales? And, you know, I'm a (laughs) 22-year-old kid. And I'm like, well, what the heck is sales? He goes, I'm going to hand you a bunch of flyers. You're going to go door to door and see if anybody needs air conditioning service. That was my entire training. You know, that was everything. (laughs) So, and I just looked back at him and I said, you know, but that means I don't have to climb in attics and stuff. He goes, nope, you get some deals done. You'll never have to climb back in an attic other than, you know, to make sure they have a a system or something. So I did, I started knocking on doors and it was miserable. (laughs) Nobody wanted to talk to me. Doors were getting slammed in my face. Um, I got chased by a couple of dogs, you know, and it took me a long time to finally get somebody to say, you know what? I wouldn't let you guys come in and check my stuff. Mm. And, and, you know, I did eventually find some success there, but what separates decent salespeople from good salespeople from great salespeople is grit and tenacity right? Sales is not a natural skill. It's being willing to get punched in the face verbally and going, "Eh, that wasn't so bad and doing it again (laughs) and doing it again. But people are so wrapped up in the opinion of what other people think about them that they quit stepping forward. You know, it's, it's like people were treating the world like we're back in high school and they're looking for the popularity club and, and oh my God, if this person doesn't like me, then, then my life is over. Mm-hmm. The truth is people don't think about you. And what, and you know, once I started understanding that the biggest thing, reason people didn't like me when I was doing the door to door early on, um, and we eventually grew that company to about a $4 million commercial printing company, excuse me, commercial HVAC company. I did commercial printing later. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, was I was interrupting their day. I was interrupting their routine. Right. So I started trying to ask questions like when I, when they opened the door going, huh, I guarantee I'm the last person you want to see, and you probably don't have any problem with your HVAC whatsoever. And they would laugh and go, absolutely. And every once in a while they go, you know what? Actually, we do. But it wasn't because I was coming across going, hey, let me sell you an HVAC. Yeah. Or if you ever seen that that black dude that raps on his door to door stuff, he's freaking hilarious. <laughs> have go find him. I could never pull that off, right? But <laughs> but most people are when they knock on the door, they're so ready to have the door slammed in their face. Okay. They flinch, mm-hmm. and that was a lot of what I did, you know. And it, truthfully, it probably took me ten years to really start feeling like I was quote unquote, good at sales Um, because different transactions happen different ways, different conversations, different personalities. You know, there's just a lot to learn to get good at it. But most people, they don't stay in the game long enough to figure out their rhythm, you know, figure out what their, their, their set is Mm. best sales guy ever knew was actually the worst sales guy in the world. (laughs) He was an introvert. He couldn't talk to people. He was awkward. He was weird. He was a goofy son of a gun. (laughs) But he sold millions of dollars. Why? (laughs) (laughs) What are you saying? What are you trying to say, Donnie? Yeah, yeah, totally. I was trying to keep that on the down low. (laughs) But but, but for him, he was one of the top guys in the printing industry that everybody knew Mm. that if you needed printing done, that Ken would take care of you. And and just out of sh- now, if you would have took Ken out of that role and put him in any other company and said go sell, he'd fail miserably. Mm. But because he had the patience to stay with it, stay in that game, he became known as that go to guy and, and he won. And and that's what I think most people is is they're not staying in the game long enough or they're selling crap that they absolutely despise.
0: Awesome. That that brings up a whole lot of questions, but we don't have a, lot of, a whole lot of time. Um, so, real quick though, knowing the product and believing the product is a big thing for when you're selling. Am I right?
1: I agreed. Okay, agreed.
0: So, how can you get to the point where you where you're helping people to say, you know, you need you need to have an offer that you really believe in, and, you know, and yeah, get I I not there.
1: I love the question. I, you know, because my sales career was all about taking the job in front of me versus choosing my own path. So everything that I sold, none of it did I, that I go, man, this is something I'd love to sell. I had to, to learn to love it, if you will. Um, But I think if most people would start thinking about what is something they're truly, truly passionate about and really interested in and then go sell that, Life would get a lot easier Um, because, uh, you know, I'll pick on financial advisors just because I love picking on them. But just like being a salesperson, nobody at three years old said I wanted to be a freaking financial advisor. (laughs) <laughs> and so, so they find themselves in this position to be a financial advisor because they can't find any other job and they need money coming in. So now they're trying to f- sell something that they don't either understand themselves or they're not proud of. So, so they're struggling in the marketplace and dealing, trying to deal with people that don't maybe not like them or like what they do. So instead, you have to either a fall in love with the product. Or B, find yourself selling to people that fall in love with the same passion as you do. So I'll go back to when I was doing sales training. I had a guy that was selling life insurance, and and he was doing horrible. Mm. And I said, okay... Let's figure this out. I said, you really don't like selling life insurance, but you don't have any other options right now. This is the career you chose. So I said, you're never going to fall in love with life insurance, but you can fall in love with the people who buy life insurance. And he goes, okay, what do you mean? I said, what'd you do as a kid? He said, I race go-karts. I said, what do you mean you race go-karts? He goes, yeah, yeah, no, literally, we used to race go-karts that go 80 and 90 miles an hour. I'm like, my goodness, that's that's some serious racing. Mm-hmm. I said, where's the closest you know go-kart racetrack? He goes, it's about 35 minutes away. And I said, when's the last time you've been out there just to go watch a race? He goes, oh, gosh, it's been since I was a kid. I said, that sounds like a pretty dangerous sport. He goes, absolutely it is. I said, I bet not a soul out there at those racetracks need life insurance. He goes, Donnie, you're a jackass. <laughs> and I said, well, why don't you <laughs> out and watch a race. And, and so he started going out on the weekends and watching the race. And long story short, um, he started growing his business because they could connect on something they both geeked out on, yeah. you know, which is racing thing. And now he's a full-time racer and sells life insurance as a hobby. And race is full-time, you know, um, so, so if you can't love what you do, but you need the job, go find something that you geek out on, hang out with those people, and then sell them what they need. Awesome. Awesome.
0: And I, I'm just going to get into the next part here, because I know you, you work on this a lot. So ch- show me, tell me how you, you, I know you have a drive for people who are still in the job mentality. How hard is it that you've seen these people that people how hard, is it, how hard is it to get over the hurdle of transitioning from the job to a place where you're selling something that you appreciate and love and really want to do as a passion?
1: Yeah, no, it's massive. Um, I, I think most people don't realize they're in employee mindsets. Um, I didn't, you know, because I've spent 20 years as an employee. So when I launched my business, I basically instead of trying building a company, built a job for myself. And the way to tell you've built a job for yourself is you're doing everything. Yeah. Um, you're 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 doing the the business development, the accounting, the operations, the delivery. It's all you. And people look at me all the time. They're like, "Well, this is my business. I got to do everything." No, no, no. Um, a CEO a true CEO doesn't do everything. So one of the things that I had to do to start separating the things I should be doing from the things that somebody else should be doing is I started making a list of every activity I was doing in my business, every activity. And then in the right column, I wrote this little phrase at the top and I said, would Steve jobs be doing this activity? (laughs) (laughs) How many activities do you think I I was actually doing that, 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 you know, Steve Jobs would not even looked at twice. Right. And and it was funny as, as I went through that process to do what I realized is I was just massively overwhelmed with crap I shouldn't be doing. But I was also in this weird spot that I didn't have the money to pay other people to do all the stuff that needed to be done. So I'm like, okay, this all this stuff I shouldn't be doing. I don't have cash. How do I get it done? I started finding people that needed things that I had and started trading, bartering, kicking, mm. crawling, scratching, you know, working out deals, anything to get people to help me out, and that's how I started building out my team to help us be able to scale because employee mindset is I've got to get it done. Business owner mindset is who can get it done for me. And and when you start flipping that you start realizing how to scale your business because you as an individual are not scalable. If you're the only person that can do it, that thing is not scalable. So um, I struggled for a long time of giving people projects because nobody can do it as good as I can do it. Right? <laughs> you know, I know it. So what I had to do is start finding people who were so much better at it that when they did it, I couldn't replicate their efforts.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So my team now is filled with these just badasses that totally are, are amazing at their what they do. Yeah. You know, that that I literally could not go in and replicate it. And when you find those people, you can't take it back. Yeah. And you really learn to transition a mindset, okay, this is their thing. I have to give them vision guidance and everything else, but let them do what they need to do. Awesome.
0: Awesome. Okay, so last question, um, because this is your your thing. Tell us what it means to be a success champion.
1: I love this question. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, when I picture a champion, I picture Brad Pitt in the movie Troy. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie, but it's a great movie. I'll describe the opening scene. And this is just funny for me. So opening scene, two massive armies are standing in the middle of this field. The Kings walk forward and said, your best against my best. Whoever wins, wins the war. We don't want to lose thousands alive. Both Kings agree. The one King walks away and yells a name. And this gargantuan mountain of a dude walks up. I mean, he's got muscles popping out where muscles shouldn't be popping out. Right. <laughs> and he's screaming and hollering. The other King. Goes, bring me Brad Pitt, whatever Brad Pitt's you know character's name is, and so they screen flashes over. Here's Brad Pitt laying in the middle of a brothel. What does it say? Laying in the middle of a brothel, <laughs> drunk as hell, and somebody runs in. And they're like, you know, Brad, they need you out front, and Brad kind of shoos him away, and he stumbles out half drunk, and he walks up to the king, and the king goes, Great, you're my greatest fighter. You're drunk, and then this is where we find you. If you don't win this, we lose the war. Brad's like, whatever. Scene flashes. Big guy's screaming, Brad Pitt's over here. Next thing you know, Brad Pitt just runs out. One move, stabs the guy in the neck. The guy falls over dead. Brad wins the fight. War's over. Okay? Yeah. Those kings had their best people, and they were choosing them to stand out front to represent everything. I want people to choose themselves to champion their own life. I want them to choose themselves to stand out front because success is found in not conquering fear. Success is found by going through fears and learning as you go through. That's how we evolve as individuals. You know, It's, it's not about getting past that fear. It's about going through it and learning and evolving. And that's how you champion your own success. It's not massive action doing big explosive things. It's consistency in action over time. It's constantly showing up and stepping forward. It's getting punched in the face by life and laughing and going, let's do it again and do it again. It's about failing better. Because when you go in to try something new, you go in to do something new and try and create more, you're gonna screw up. Things are gonna fall apart, and it's the ability of going in and doing it anyways, knowing you're gonna learn through the process. That's what it means to be a success champion. Yeah. I
0: I have nothing to add to that. <laughs> <laughs> I have absolutely nothing to add to. That. That's exactly what I try. What I, what I try to teach uh, my students is. So that's that is perfect. I, I have nothing else to that. So. Just, <laughs> Like
1: tell yeah. people right now,
0: where can they find you online?
1: Right yeah, then? so here's, here's a fun thing. One of the biggest things I struggled when I launched my b- business was coming up with content. It was a real, real struggle for me. So over the last three years running this business, I've learned how to create just a ton of content that um, in a very short amount of time. So, I actually taught a bunch of small business owners how, though, within 20 minutes, they can create a month's worth of social content for every platform. So, if your listeners will text 817 318 6030, send the words, I am a success champion. That's 817 318 6030. Text the words, I am a success champion. I will send them a training I did with a bunch of my clients, walking them through step-by-step-by-step by step by step how to create endless amount of content in about 20 minutes. Um, uh, and it's completely free. So all they got to do is text and Thanks for you putting that up. So just text the words, I am a success champion to that number on the screen and, and uh, we'll send that right to you. Um, and, and it's a full workshop that I'm literally walking through. It's about a 45 minute workshop where I walk them through how to use all these all and all the tools you're gonna to use are all free as well. So there you go. Text I am a success champion the 318, excuse me, 817-318-6030, and we'll send that over to you. That's the best way to get in touch with me.
0: Awesome. I love it. I love it. So people, that is all. Um I am so grateful, Donnie, <laughs> for coming in here early and um getting this done for us. I really appreciate it. And this is the this is the end of this particular Episode of the authority project. Thank you everybody for coming in here And when you get a chance, please check us out at the facebook group the authority Builders Academy We teach you how to put authority onto your name so you can do what donnie is saying being success champion in building your authority online, it's an amazing thing to to
1: to achieve, and we just want to make sure that you sell what you're great at. All right, absolutely. And Brian, can I do one last thing for sure. you? Really, really sure. quick? Guys, oh. do me a favor. If you're watching this, you're watching the replay or anything else. Brian has put in a lot of beautiful energy and time into this thing. Do me a favor and share this out for him. Share this out to some of your friends, some people that need to hear this value. Share it with them. Go join his Facebook group. <coughs> Show him some love because it does take some energy and time to put this kind of thing together. So. If you got any nuggets out of the day, share this with somebody else so they can get the same type of knowledge that you're getting it from. It'll mean everything to Brian.
0: I appreciate that, Donnie. Thank you so much. And that is a wrap for this episode of The Authority Project. Everybody, do something great for your fellow man today and take care, be blessed, and we are gone.